What up, people? Hello. Today is a special bag episode, I think. Special bag? Special bag. What does that mean? I'm grabbing something from the special bag. Oh, uh, okay. You know? <laughs> Terrence doesn't know. It's like a, you know. Yeah. It's like a list of little things that you kind of, you can talk about. Mm-hmm. Had nauseam a little bit. So we're dipping into the... Uh, the grab bag. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> As you can tell, it's a uh, night podcast again. It's a night podcast. One had a week of test taking. Uh, the... Don't tell them that. <laughs> You're like, it's bringing up, sh- bringing up stressful memories. Yeah. No. I did good for physics standards. Mm-hmm. I did good. <laughs> which always means you feel like shit after the test. <laughs> yeah, which invariably means you feel like crap, but yeah. it's, you know, it comes you with the territory. You think after eight years, what is it, eight, nine years? It's about eight physics? years, yeah. You feel like you would know physics at some point. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's always professors, you know, finding like, Ways to really lower your, yeah. you know, <laughs> your your steam, your ego, your ego, <laughs> crush your dreams and hopes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a professor that said uh, shoemaker. Shoemaker, like, yes, yeah, that's familiar. Yeah, you'd be a shoemaker. Oh my god. Oh, a shoemaker. Yeah, he'd call you a, sh- a shoemaker. Oh, someone who makes shoes, I guess. Yeah, I don't even know if you can be a shoemaker these days. I guess you can. Yeah, but they probably make good money if you're actually a shoemaker now, because you're probably yeah. doing designer shoes and whatnot. Yes. <laughs> but the question I was going to ask is, why does physics matter, dude? Oh, God. It's one of these. Does physics matter? I'm going to be a great question. I'm going to be I'm going to be Lex Friedman today. <laughs> <laughs> Don't shit on Lex. Don't shit on Lex. I'm sorry, Lex, if you're watching this, man. I'm not dogging your style, bro. Terrence thinks we have the same personality, but I'm just going to say that. <laughs> Actually, Lex thumbed up. He hearted one of our one of my uh, he faved one of your tweets yeah, he faved one of my uh, replies to him oh nice but it was just because yeah. I um, said that he I said who the credit was for a GIF he posted oh okay I think yeah. he wants to smash <laughs> <laughs> he wants I it. mean yeah. <laughs> clearly this is the logical conclusion to him liking your post <laughs> yeah Lex is a good guy though yeah he's a good and guy and also his discord is uh, well uh, well um, updated yeah much better than the portal one anyway what were you saying why is physics important? Why is physics important? Does it matter? Oh, can you convince like somebody? Can you can you convince somebody at, like in a really meaningful way that this mm-hmm. this stuff even matters? A layman. Yeah. Can yeah. I would say that physics is responsible for every piece of technology, pretty much ever created, mm-hmm. including simple things like houses and. You know things that you wouldn't even think of as technology that right. you take for granted. I say this knowing that we're we're approaching. It is an election year. We're approaching mm-hmm. an election, mm-hmm. and uh, you know there might be. You might need to convince people that this is a worthy endeavor. Yeah, to take on or science at least funding science or at least yeah to fund it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I would just say, um, you know, physics is basically how we create any technology. Mm-hmm. You need physics to create technology. Of course, you could always retort to people like, oh, what about engineering? Or they could always retort, what about engineering? That's mm-hmm. true. Engineering is actually making the products, you know, widely available to people and actually making it so that the product is scalable and also, you know, so it's actually workable or actually even sometimes innovating new products based on physics. But f- physics is fundamentally how you get to new products, you know, the physicists do the legwork to actually uncover these new kind of techniques, these new kind of, um, well, these new kind of physics 
for new products to actually come out. Like a smartphone could never be without physics. The level of physics it takes to synergize all of those components together is just, you know, it's hundreds and hundreds of years of a culmination of science. Yeah. So an engineer can build it, of course, which is also a giant leap, but you need the physics knowledge to do it. Like you couldn't build a smartphone without quantum mechanics. Mm-hmm. There's just no way you could do that. It's, 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 it's not something you could ever conceive of without quantum mechanics. Um, you couldn't build a GPS without um, uh, general relativity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so like physics underpins all of this stuff at the end of the day. And then, of course, you can go even further and say math is also a big part of that as well. Because math is, math is like all these guys are creating these, all these guys and gals are making this um, framework uh, – this logical framework that eventually that has maybe no use at the time, yeah. but then the physicist will borrow that logical, logical framework, you know, that has symbols and equations and then they'll use it and apply that into an actual physical model. But physics for the sake, but I can argue that physics for the sake of knowledge is not worth the cost. Would you say like I, if I'm a, if I'm a politician, I can look at that and say, we spend billions of that money. Why is it why is it worth it? Yeah, I would never justify it. People are asking me why to do something. I would never justify it as I hate this answer that scientists love to give to. They're like, mm-hmm. Well, physics doesn't need to have any information. <laughs> it just is. Yeah. I'm just like this is such a dippy dippy answer. Just answer the damn question. You can always find an application for something yeah. if you dig deep enough. Yeah. Yes, physics, you just do it for the sake of science sometimes. Like that's true, but the politicians and people at the end of the day want to know what is What's down the road? Like, what is this leading to? Yeah. And these, and basically the the catch-all answer is it leads to new discoveries and new technology. Yeah. Those new t- discoveries can lead to new technology. Mm-hmm. So it all has has application at the end of the day. It's just that sometimes you may not know exactly what that application is going to be yet, but you can sometimes have a general idea. You know, if you're, if you're working in quantum computing research, you know that your research is going to be tailored towards making quantum computers. Yeah. You know, if you're doing um uh hadronic or if you're doing like um particle physics and yeah. whatnot, yeah, you may not have a direct application for that, but you can say at least if you understand the complete model of the universe, then you can make all kinds of crazy shit probably because yeah. if you have a full understanding of all the particles in the universe, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to be a giant leap for technology in yeah. some way that you can't foresee yet. Yeah, like funding NASA for instance like it was an expensive endeavor, but look what we got out of it. Like right. pens that we can use upside down. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing. Uh, Amazing. No, <laughs> no, there were a couple of other things that came out of it. Right. Yeah. Like, um, there's a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I don't remember all the stuff. I, I don't have a list, but I know there was a, a giant shitload of stuff. There's a type of material. I think that's like special that you need, um, that mm-hmm. you that needed to invent to even do the kind of space flight kind of uh or or to serve i kind of have i can't even remember i'm not going to try to remember it any kind of major any kind of breakthroughs or new technologies mm-hmm. or discoveries are going to lead to some cool shit in your everyday life mm-hmm. even if it's not going to be completely known what that's going to be yeah or if it or when the time frame it's going to happen it's going to lead to something maybe not in your lifetime even but it will lead to some cool shit yeah and the faster you do it the better it the better shit you're going to have. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, always go for physics. 
Yeah, I, I just think it's uh, incredibly relevant, especially, uh, and I'm not kidding, election is in two weeks, I guess, and yeah. when this comes out, it'll be, yeah, in about two weeks. Yeah, about two weeks. Um, so, yeah, and and it, what a pivotal time, <laughs> because right now you can feel, I, I, me as a researcher, I can feel like the jaws of, like, almost like the, the opportunities are closing in. In a sense, like there's a lot of uncertainty about how things are going to happen. Like there was a APS released an email, American Physical Society. This is kind of very niche, but mm-hmm. um, we're being impacted by politics because um, the Trump administration is actually uh, trying to shorten the stay of like basically student visas or make it more stringent for them to yeah. – to, um, to, to leave to, or something? To, to be to be here oh to be here yeah oh okay so it, it the the process used to be more more extensive like you could be here you didn't have to do a lot of paperwork um to be here for the remainder of your graduate career so what do you think they're trying to force but now out? now it's now they're trying to make the window shorter like every two years that you have to like check in uh, or something so you don't overstay your visa and stuff and um that's not oof. really it's not really what science is built on it's built on collaboration it's built on mm. it's an international like um it's a borderless endeavor right sure because we're all married to an idea yeah right discovery eric weinstein has some interesting thoughts about the whole uh, h1b i think and uh the visa stuff mm-hmm. he was saying that it's kind of an artificially created system where we're trying to say that we can't get enough american people into sciences mm-hmm. so they created this kind of false um need by saying that we needed more scientists and we had to do it from outside of the u.s yeah um i think because they were saying you can get it maybe cheaper or you were allowed to somehow save money i'm not entirely sure of the um the full the full uh argument that he had but it sounded interesting what he was saying he was saying we could probably get you know just the same amount of america i don't know if he said the same amount of americans but we can get American students in here and the shortage of American students is kind of an artificially created shortage. It is. Yeah. I would have, I have a feeling that it probably is as well. Yeah, it is. I, I know a lot of, I don't know a lot of, but I know, yeah. I know a number of people that could have easily become scientists if it was like advertised as a career. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just isn't. Yeah. It's just flat out. Physics is like one of these weird, like it feels like a secret profession. It does. Doesn't it's it? Like, it's like, I, it's like I felt like I was unlocking secrets as i was becoming yeah, a physicist i was exactly. like nobody ever talks about this yeah i've never seen this stuff really i've yeah. never heard of it from my everyday life like mm. i literally don't even know what a, this is me speaking as like a an undergraduate outside like, of physics yeah I, I was like i didn't know what physicists did mm-hmm. i didn't know what a day in the life of a physicist was mm-hmm. i didn't even know anything about it i didn't i didn't i didn't know a single thing about it i could i couldn't even imagine what it was <laughs> <laughs> yeah my parents don't yeah, my mom when she heard that, she's just like, "So what do you do? Like, yeah. what even is it? Yeah, are like, you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You might as well tell them you're a psychic. Yeah, like that's literally what they're like. <laughs> but a psychic, actually, you still kind of know what they do. <laughs> a physicist just feels like you. It's more like you just might as well tell me you're a CIA agent. Oh, that know? makes more. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I. If any, and this is the thing. This is the poor. Maybe this is poor communication on the physicist part. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, I call myself a scientist. Yeah. Like, we are, we're probably the more, how would you say, 
we were easily translatable scientists. Yeah, yeah. Like we, you could probably put us on a project that might be totally unrelated to yeah. something. That the jack of all trades kind yeah. of I see physicists because yeah. you can just go in so many different realms mm -hmm. and be pretty fine because you have all this. It's all fundamental knowledge, mm -hmm. right? Um, of course, if it's real deep, then you'll have to catch up on all the layers. But at the end of the day, any science is physics, right? Yeah. So it's got to catch up to the higher level stuff, but you know all the fundamentals stuff. So, but I do, I do, th I do think uh, physics needs a, a makeup like job. Oh, like a, or like a shape, a, like uh, a makeover. Yeah, like a makeover, <laughs> like a branding makeover. You know what I'm saying? Okay, in what way? You don't think so? Um, I got to see what you mean. Well, just like we had nowadays, there are very few, I would say, popular icons. I remember back when I was growing up, you had Bill Nye, you had mm. Carl Sagan. Well, it's Bill Nye's still me. around. He's still around, yeah. but he does I, a lot of. Stuff. I guess in the era of like television, it was a lot more, yeah. a lot more of a singular, um, singular icon. But that was also because of television itself was yeah. a singular visual media platform, mm -hmm. right? Like there was no internet in yeah. the early '90s, mid '90s. Yeah. So, well, I guess mid '90s. But um, yeah. Now it's changed to uh, there's more media now, so you mm -hmm. have different people available. You got like we can be on it online. You know, True. we have no barriers now. You know, Bill Nye can be online and on TV, but like um, there's Veritasium and things. Like there's more True. content now actually out there, I think, than what it was before. It, there's Because there's less gatekeeping now. Yeah. So there can be more. There can be more. But um, what do you mean it needs a makeover then? needs a makeover, bro. It needs, it needs people like everyday people. It needs people oh, like, 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 like us. Like us. Yeah. It needs, uh, you know, you, you got, I don't know, back in the day people used to love, well, not used to love, people loved... Richard Feynman, mm. you know, even though as problematic as he was to some people, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was like, uh, you know, he was he was approachable. He made science approachable. Yeah, yeah. The Americans loved him. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I agree. Um, the whole elite scientist kind of mentality, I think, is kind of dying, in my opinion. Well, it's breeding. It seem necessary. No, it's breeding. But I'm saying it's breeding this like insular. Uh, it makes the field more insular and yeah. like much more, I think I don't throw, I don't throw this word around loosely, but it, in a sense it helps breed the toxicity, the, the toxic uh, elements of academia. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Because the more diversity you include, um, the more robust the system becomes in accompanying, accompanying different types of people and personalities. Yeah. 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 I agree. Cause I think, I think we've come to the conclusion recently, well, at least for me, you've, you've elucidated mm -hmm. that, um, that you see certain types of people dominate mm. physics departments. Yeah. 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 You're talking about MBTI types. Sure, we go but down the MBTI sure, no, no, well? no, okay, it's fine. Okay. No, but I'm just yeah. saying, like you, you just, um, you're saying you see certain pain versus play mentality people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did we, we talk about this before? We kind of did, but maybe we can do it again, though. But, but I'm just saying that, like, we we need to. There needs to be a cultural shift to, uh, and maybe, maybe I don't know. There was an article written. You said about some uh, we we were mentioned, as uh, I like to think of cultural bastions of, uh, <laughs> of physics. No, I'm just kidding. Um, oh, you mean on the, um, 
on that site, Medium. There was an article, yeah. No, no we were not written on There was oh, no it article us. on us. It, it was us, but it wasn't an article. Oh, okay, okay. Someone made an infographic of, of us, and then they also posted our videos alongside some other oh, people's videos. Yeah, yeah. And they put our name next to, like, Veritasium, and it was, like, top top you physics YouTubers. They put our name next to Veritasium and... Uh, what is it? Um, Vsauce yeah. and uh, we're not worthy. Yeah, I was like, we're not Sheet. worthy. <laughs> or I'm just, I, I'm validated. Our whole existence. Like I'm validated. just saying, like this, this podcast to me is, it is in a sense, a um, a public service. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Like just seeing normal dudes be physicists. Yeah, or at least you know dudes that aren't just you know. So caught up. I mean, we literally talk about physics every time, pretty much though. But yeah. But still, like we, you know, you know I mean, because we do, we do it for fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely do physics more for fun now. Yeah, I mean, it's no. There's when no I was in graduate school, though, it was a little harder to do that. It is, of course, because then now you, it's a lot more weight to it. Yeah, you know, and it's just you don't want to be doing something that you're doing all day for fun as well. Yeah, of course. How do you feel about that? Because you're still in physics. Yeah. For the audience, again, I'm I'm out of physics. I've Retired. <laughs> retired. I like the hard quotes. Retired. But uh, yeah, no, I dropped out of my PhD program. Mm. But willingly. Uh, yeah, but I feel much more interested in. I feel much more of a satisfaction for physics now when I'm out of it. Yeah. Of course, I don't mind being in a career of physics, um, but I'm not going to do it the uh, PhD way, of course. But my question, I guess, to you was. Um, do you still feel like physics is kind of annoying to talk about when on the podcast for you? Sometimes, but um, but not really. It's, You're okay it, though. It, yeah, I think if I think it depends on the topic. Mm. Um, like, what's a shitty, boring topic that you just can't stand talking about? I, I don't <laughs> or is know. it not anything in particular? Just not like anything, I mean, nothing. Everything outside of my field oh, is not yeah, really yeah. great. Because okay, I'm like, yeah. I don't, I'm not really interested. But I see. I mean, at, at a fundamental level, I am intrigued. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But it's hard to comment on things that are yeah, not related. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um I mean, in the grand scale of, in the grand scheme of things, I know that we try to talk about physics and try to be um I know this is becoming a meta sort of show, but like That's it's fine. <laughs> but it's like it I I did want to kind of reiterate like it's actually I lost track of the thought, so you can have to help me out. What was the question? Fine. It was just do you get bored of um, talking physics on a podcast? Not really, no. Okay. Like okay. I okay. For instance, like I'm gonna peel back the curtain a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk about action, or we're flirting with the idea of talking about one day we'll do physics, it. I'm just this scared physics to do concept. It. I know we keep talking about. We've it. talked about it so many times. Yeah. We've, we've mentioned talking about action for a long time, but. It's just one of these things that just kind of, I don't feel good with it. It's like, mm-hmm. it's a hard concept to really digest. Mm-hmm. It's one of the harder like physics things for me to understand, especially to try to convey simply to an audience. True. I just don't feel super confident in doing that. I have a lot of things I can say on it, but if we get action, I want to uh, fully internalize it. I don't, know. Full, I don't know if you'll ever be able it. to. I don't know if you'll fully be able to. I think to I can to. though, because every other thing that I understand, I mm-hmm. fully ingest it mostly. Yeah, or at least enough is, to I can convey it to an audience. Yeah, action but still, action to me is still one of those things where it's like I have a running definition of like what it is and what it does. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but there's got to be an inter- a way to internalize it. Everything that makes sense can be internalized. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So but, but, I'm going to just accept the premise that it can be internalized in a good, comfortable way. 
and mm-hmm. right, someday I'll enough. talk about it. Fair <laughs> enough. So direct your tweets to Terrence to be like, hey, dude, have you studied up on uh, <laughs> oh, God. action this week? It's okay, though. We don't get that much engagement now anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, but yeah, uh, do you want me to th- throw some uh, more Lex Friedman type questions at you? <laughs> sure. Go ahead. <laughs> um, Stop hating on Lex. I'm He's a good guy. Um, <laughs> no, I, I look, we're flirting a lot with different ideas. Uh, and, and one in particular for me actually is, uh, cause physics is important, but I, I also like talking about different kinds of topics like that mm-hmm. seem interesting. For instance, I read an article recently. This was, uh, published, uh, probably, I don't know. It reached, it reached a couple headlines. So you probably see it out there. Yeah. But they were they discovered there were five different um, species that converged or evolved in parallel into crabs, into Ooh, crustaceans. We're biology, okay? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's interesting. Isn't that interesting? They all did independently. Independently. And the full and they're fully con- crustacean. Crustacean. Oh, but they had to branch off from somewhere. Right. Yeah, but I'm saying like, why did they all? Why does that? Why did evolution? Um, that's kind of interesting. Does that mean we're gonna evolve into crabs? <laughs> <laughs> crab people. Yeah, crab people. Man. <laughs> no, I just. I mean, th- there's some. Yeah, that's one of the interesting things I read this week that I was kind of like, mm. huh? It got me thinking, because evolution is an extension of physics, right? Yeah, every science is physics. Right, but I'm saying like, if you look at evolution as a doesn't mean I'm qualified to talk anything about it, though. No, 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 no. I know. But I'm saying, like, okay, life, for instance. Mm-hmm. Life is a function of um, a bi- biology, biological life, I'm saying, not like, you know, like human life. I'm saying... Um, uh, we are a biological life. We are, but I'm saying, like, you know, when we, in the context of humans speaking about life, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, my life is going great or something. Oh, I see, see, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, like, hu- human, like, like, biological life or living things reduce the sole purpose of it is to reduce entropy right damn why you gotta throw that down right isn't it the sole purpose is to reduce entropy like you maximize um you increase entropy overall right you reduce your spatially you mean, you re- yeah you're saying you the sole purpose of life life is to reduce local entropy to make it more precise you reduce local entropy but you increase overall entropy Right, because you expend you expend a lot of heat. That's an interesting way to put it. I I I guess maybe you could say that. Like in a physics, point I don't of even view, know if that's true though. No, but in a physics point of view, this is what happens. Like if you take out all the all the fluff hmm. of like you know what I'm saying. That's a strong ass statement though. It is I a strong statement. I can't confirm. It is. Um, How confident do you feel about that though? Decent, eighty <laughs> percent. Decent, eighty percent. I guess seventy. I mean, I'm, maybe. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Life is this like functional. It's a function system of information almost. Like it's functionally taking in. If you if you break down food into ones and zeros, mm-hmm. calories into ones and zeros. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you're expelling more ones and zeros than you're. You're adding more ones and zeros to the system than you are. Um, Taking well, no, does that make no? That doesn't make sense. Well, because I was saying, you know, there's a conservation principle, but then also you're expending more heat, 
So you're expending more random information. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So I'm thinking evolution is and kind you of can look at entropy as decreasing if you have more non-random information. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's. I think you might be right. I just don't know how right because well, I'd have to really think about. I'm trying. I'm trying to tie it into uh, evolution. Okay. So come on, come on this. All right, I'll I'll buy the buy onto premise the for now. <laughs> well, I'm just interested because like life. I mean, there's there's such a thing as parallel evolution and or uh, convergent evolution. I've mm-hmm. talked about this in previous episodes, but it's fascinating to me because if if life is a, is an extension of physics in action in some sense mm-hmm. it's an emergent phenomenon of physics mm-hmm. then why is it that you do get these convergent series of evolutions and now now some people might say well you know because they all obey the same physical laws right okay and in certain environments certain structures are favorable mm-hmm. physically yeah um to your environment but it's just fascinating to me that like dna specifically is um is one of these things that store information, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Encode it and pass on information. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of these things that pass on information if it's like successfully copied, meaning that it's like, like um, you reproduce or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's just interesting to me that certain configurations of information are are more favorable in the universe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? I agree, yeah. Yeah, it's like um how the eye has evolved independently in so yeah. many different ways. Like yeah. you could have the really shit eye that's on like a octopus or something that's like just a little hole mm-hmm. all the way up to the fucking, you know, owl eye, which is like a goddamn, you know, sniper scope. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like just crazy how many different iterations of the eye have evolved independently as well which means there's an acuity for like um for visual um information Information, yeah yeah Yeah, for sure and that range is all over the place right because some some animals don't think all the colors are necessary some think that just black and white's fine and then others like us we have colors and then other ones will see even like ultraviolet um infrared colors as well yeah so it's interesting too the color spectrum that the eye will interpret as well. Yeah. For us, for some reason, the ultraviolet infrared spectrum was not that useful. I think if we did, we, we would we would constantly be like feel like we're tripping on acid or something. <laughs> probably. Whoa. This is probably information overload. Yeah. 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 But then you have to ask the question like, why is it that other animals do find that spectrum in, uh, useful? Hmm. It's obviously out of utility. A lot of the stuff yeah. is out of utility. Um, for instance, like the only reason why we see certain colors is because our, like our primate ancestors evolved to differentiate hues in like um, in um, fruit. Mm. So that you could tell when something is ready to eat or not. Oh, interesting. Like, imagine if you couldn't tell. Imagine if you saw an apple mm-hmm. and it was just gray. Yeah. And you couldn't tell when it was good or not. Right, gotta get the village idiot to bite into it. <laughs> <laughs> the only way you can tell it's good is nowadays. I mean, you have the privilege of seeing color. Uh-huh. You know when it's ready to eat. True, true. I guess like, you're right, and that's why colorblind people. It's always like the red and green, mm-hmm. and maybe that's an artifact from the past. Um, 
Well, I don't know. I'm making shit. No, you're probably right. I don't want to. I, mean, I don't want to make think, shit up. I think though. you're thinking about this up. in a in a very logical way. And yeah. I think it makes sense. But let's yeah. not make things up. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's making. Things I'll put up. a giant caveat on it. Go, saying go that for it. Possibly, the cones in your eyes or something were, but I could just see that as being just the cone in your eye just didn't, um, wasn't produced in your DNA like when your when your body was being made. But it's a mutation, though, meaning that. It's yeah, something that, but it could just be a gen- genetic anomaly, right? Okay. Wait, wait, wait. The the cones and I don't know that much about. Op- so with your eyes, you have like three cones or something. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on the number. I think it's three. Um, Red, green, blue. No, it could be. I don't know though. Honestly. Red, green, magenta. But with those three cones, let's assume it's three. Yeah. You can interpret all the colors that a normal person can see. Yeah. But then a colorblind person, I believe, they have one of those cones missing or something. Mm-hmm. There's different kinds of colorblind though. There's like a a large or like a handful of different kinds of colorblind. So it's not always the same. It could be like different cones are missing. Like the red cone is gone and the blue yeah. one's gone. Another yeah, person. Yeah. And then there's other things, um, even with like how the brain interprets the signal. Right. Yeah. Um, but in general, like a very simple version of colorblindness would be is one of those cones was gone. Then you cannot see that color mm-hmm. and you can only see whatever mixes between the other two colors. Interesting. Which is why a lot of times, like the red and the green, look the same for colorblind people, because, um, well, I don't know. No, I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't know. I, I didn't know because there are three, there are three cones, which means, I don't know. I've, I've been thinking more about this, the framework of, of life through like, um, obviously, there, all this stuff is here makes sense. Like I was, I was talking to a friend of mine, another physicist. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Andre. <laughs> I've been Still pronouncing his name, his name wrong. Is Andre. Yeah, I've been pronouncing his name wrong this whole time. Sorry. Uh, <clears throat> we were arguing about uh, the 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 necessity for um, for certain like like life, right? So mm-hmm. we were arguing about um, <laughs> consciousness. Okay. Funny okay. enough. <laughs> and uh, he he. So there's sure, this, Joel. Will be glad to hear that. So there's this idea of panpsychism. Oh, okay. <laughs> I brought this up. To yeah. Him. So for those of you that don't know, we uh, so so yes, there was a podcast on Beyond the Physics. Yeah. That um, Joe and Irene did. I was on the podcast. Yeah. Um, I was supposed to show up, but uh, I yes, had some things ter- happen. Yeah, terrible internet <laughs> connection. Anyway, but um. We uh, yeah, well, so we'll be on that. Po- I'll be on that podcast. I don't know when it's going to come out. Mm-hmm. Could already be out by now. But yeah. last I checked, a couple of days ago, it wasn't out. But go but check anyway, it out. Yeah, yeah, it's on consciousness. It's Beyond like a the three-hour podcast, or something. yeah, it's a three-hour discussion, and mm-hmm. some of it I guess we could condense because I kind of wanted to get my thoughts on there since I didn't get to. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, we we started discussing panpsychism, which is mm-hmm. one of these ideas that are it's are kind of it's kind of becoming popular. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I, I kind of, was kind of surprised that my buddy Andre kind of had this, had this POV that was he was he was like I agree like mm. with with panpsychism. I was mm. like, oh, that's what happens when people get a new book. They start uh, buying into that shit. Interesting. <laughs> well, the thing is, I I I was not. I'm still not convinced. Mm-hmm. And um, by the way, this is reference. This is in reference to Annika Harris's book, Conscious. Yeah. Conscious. Conscious. What is it called? Conscious. Yeah. Okay. Conscious or consciousness, but it's a very, very new book. Annika Harris, mm-hmm. uh, go check it out. That's it's a very Sam short Harris's read. Wife. Sam Harris's wife. Um, and uh, 
if you're familiar with Sam Harris, you, it kind of deals. You probably already know a lot of the arguments, but mm-hmm. um, nevertheless, she does a great job of like synthesizing her own thoughts and questions about all this stuff. Um, and it's a it's a pretty approachable book. It's a very decent read. It's like a couple. Mm. You can read it in a, in a four hours. Damn. So like yeah, if okay. well, I mean I, I well you might be a fast reader maybe, but you could read it in a day if you wanted to. So the thing is they at the end of the chat at the end of the book they talk about panpsychism. We haven't even defined it yet, but it's this idea that consciousness permeates all things. Yeah. Um in, like including material things like this table, uh a rock. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. My glasses. Yeah, um, we talked about the rock quite a bit in uh on the <laughs> on the Beyond the Physics podcast. And and he, here's like, why did everybody keep bring up the rock? <laughs> he, I, I don't <laughs> What? Yeah. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, why did I turn the rock into Barack Obama? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you smell, Michelle, what the rock is cooking? Do you smell? Do you smell what the Barack is cooking? Yeah. Maybe that's why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, they they talk about um, this idea that all all things, including non living things, yeah. have some sense of consciousness. Now begs the question: mm. What do you mean by consciousness? Right. Yeah. And 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 in the book she defines it there's a working definition that I guess is colloquially used and that's what it means to be something what it means to experience what it means to be what does it mean to be a chair that you're sitting on what does it mean to be mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. what does it mean to be this table yeah what does it mean to be this microphone it doesn't she mean she's definitely on some LSD or something <laughs> sure the thing is like usually we define consciousness as something that's having an experience the chair is not having an experience, mm-hmm. at least as far as we know. Yeah, <laughs> maybe Annika would disagree. Well, that's what that's what the argument is. I like that. I think that's where the, the convergence becomes. But I think I don't think we even have the language to to parse yeah, through this. This is why the philosophy and that kind of stuff kind of gets annoying sometimes because it does break down to linguistics sometimes at the end mm-hmm. of the day. That's why I kind of get annoyed a lot of times when philosophers talk about quantum mechanics because they always get fucked up by the linguistics. And I'm like, yeah. guys, like, mm-hmm. this is why you can't talk about quantum mechanics. You have to just yeah. do the math because anytime you're talking about quantum mechanics, you're pretty much just always using bad analogies. <laughs> An analogy that breaks down somewhere, but you have to really understand clearly where the line is that yeah. it's breaking down at yeah, yeah. and where it fits. And yeah, I get so annoyed when I hear philosophers talk about quantum mechanics a lot of times because of that. It's linguistic problems. It's not even, and that's the problem. It's like it sets you up to fail because it's you can't speak about it in everyday language, really. Well, that's that's kind of what the I don't know. In in discussing this with the other physics buddy of mine, I I I was kind of like, well, we don't. It kind of converged into this question of like, well, then I don't agree with what you define as consciousness Mm -hmm. as something having. Um, some ex- like what it means to be something because like he's like I can imagine what it means to be a rock. I was like I know you can. I can, can you, too. Though? I don't know if you can. I was like the thing is like I can project my own sense into the rock. Yeah. But the thing is that rock doesn't sense that it's cold. That rock can right. sense that rock can sense maybe the pressure of the other rock on it if it's next to a rock, meaning that you know it's going and to maybe break. not even it's going to break. I don't even but the think, thing is, uh, it, does it feel the break? What does it mean to feel? Yeah. What does it feel? It has no circulatory. It has no nervous system, so it doesn't feel anything. It's like 
That's what I don't. I don't think people have. I think people have a very limited imagination for what they think they can perceive. Like when they say they can perceive being a rock, all they're doing in their brain is just perceiving what it's like to be asleep. And well, then no, saying, well, like, pers- how would I feel if I just didn't move? <laughs> no, I know, but they're it's pers- like you can't really perceive being a rock. But you don't is, know anything about a rock. But this is what I mean. You're perceiving. You're, you're, you're projecting, projecting your own, your own human exper- your own human experience yeah. onto the rock. Like, exactly. I said I don't know what it means to be a rock because I don't. It's not cold. It doesn't sense temperature. Right. It doesn't do any of that. Yeah, it's not perceiving. It's not perceiving. So this is why it's like, I, I, yeah, I get this so is, annoyed with things like statements like that because, mm-hmm. like, a great example um, of what it means, like how disconnected people are with their perception of things. I saw, um, I think I went on maybe it was a, a little, I went on this little expedition or something one time uh, in Atlanta. It was like a little cool museum thing where it's like it simulates you trying to be blind. Yeah. And they basically just take you into a dark, like a completely pitch black room and you're feeling around and, mm-hmm. and there's like, you could hear like the busy street and whatnot and they simulate the street and they're like, this is, and I'm like, oh, this is like, this is what it's like being blind. I'm like, I can also see like these, like my mind is making up images of things and you know, my eyes of what to see. And he's like, yeah, it's kind of close, but not exactly. I was like, what do you mean? Like, what's the biggest difference? And he's like, um, the difference is like you're seeing all black, right? So for you, you see just nothing but darkness. But being blind is more like trying to see out of your elbow. Like try to see out of your elbow. Out of like skin. what does that mean? Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, oh, okay. Then he's like, I don't see black. I don't see darkness. It's just literally you just don't see. You have no perception of – you don't have that sensory perception. Mm-hmm. So that's a completely foreign concept to you if you don't know what blindness is. Yeah. I cannot I cannot imagine what it means to see out of my elbow. Yeah. I don't know what that even mm-hmm. Like I get that cuz I can't see out of my elbow, but I don't know how to perceive that cuz yeah. I see. Yeah. So I can never turn off my vision even when it's off. It's, mm-hmm. it's just dark. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we have a very limited imagination. It's like also like those people who think they can visualize four dimensions like mm-hmm. No, <laughs> you just you're just getting you're just projecting certain things of what you know. You may know the math of four di- dimensions. You may know how to look at four dimensions as it moves through three D space, and you can look at cross sections, but you don't perceive in four dimensions. Like, yeah, we don't have the frame. We don't have the architecture to do that. Yeah. Very so you true. can't perceive being a rock. My long diatribe. No, short. I mean, yeah, I agree <laughs> with you a hundred percent. Like, I, I, it's because the. When you told me you were the lone wolf in this whole discussion, being flanked by other panpsychists, <laughs> I was like. But of course, the beyond the physics, fr- our beyond the physics friends are very nice. Yeah, they're very gracious folks, and yeah. uh, they, yeah, they're great people. I mean, yeah, I was gonna say it like Trump, but I was like, no. Um, you know, Irene and Joe are our favorite favorite people. Oh yeah, they're one hundred percent the best people. And but, then also your buddy. Ricky, buddy, Ricky yeah. from the also you can check out Ricky from the uh, old psychedelic old spirituality psychedelic, yeah, podcast, episode, and then yeah. also um, a new guy was there, Edward, mm-hmm. who um, I don't think you know. No, okay. Anyway, uh, from Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. <laughs> well, he I also commented I've, on our Tenant yeah. podcast and said it sucked. Yeah, like, I think consciousness is this. But yeah, he's <laughs> now, nah, but um. What was I going to say? Yeah, the, the panpsychism part is – that's why I'm saying, like, I, I think people are ascribing a human – I mean, it, it's probably – I'm trivializing 
probably their statements because I, I don't think this is that. I'm not convinced. A lot of times I hear it and I'm like, I don't think they really understand what it means to actually perceive something in a specific way. I think it helps when you've taken drugs before. Sure. <laughs> because you at least get a whole new sense of reality. Right. And people who haven't gotten that, they don't have the imagination to be able to understand what it means well, to I, truly I think, perceive something Well, I like think that. I think those those people are, are coming from, they reach panpsychism from that those experiences, from those spiritual experiences. Maybe so. Um, Maybe so. Now, for me, I, I've never really had, quote-unquote, that the, mm. sort of spiritual experience, but... I can say that there's physics says that you know the my the atoms in my body mm-hmm. um are very they can sense the other atoms in every everywhere else in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Um now my body's overall neutral but like it it still feels the presence of any other mass in in this room right. or anything. To, and some, Technically the atom is Adam is at least a dipole, mm. unless I mean, it's just a single particle. Yeah, at least a dipole. But like, at, at a fundamental level, I'm saying like we feel the presence of other matter, and and it and then some people having like these psychedelic experiences, I guess they that they feel like that breaks down that mm-hmm. interface of like, um, you feeling everything around you, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not convinced about the panpsychism thing because I think it's a sort of projection of your own like sentiment of like maybe how you feel like the world is connected or something. Right. Which is which on a fundamental level it is true. Like physically we are, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's reduced to like feelings, like a feeling of. Yeah, I think it's kind of a hippy dippy interpretation of reality. I think reality is a lot more ominous and mysterious than that, and it, and, it, and rocks are not feeling. I think there is kind of something to it in the sense that there is like a, um, I think consciousness is actually kind of the thing that's the weird overhyped thing. I think being consciousness, we kind of ascribe a lot more mystical attributes to it right. than it really is. Right. And they're kind of putting, they're kind of inversing that where they're trying to put consciousness on everything else where I'm saying like everything else is kind of the normal layer, but then consciousness only arises from complexity of, you know, molecules and the arrangement of the arrangement of whatever your molecules are to where that emerges with the feeling of consciousness. Yeah. Some, okay. Cause one argument I heard is that what makes the brain so special as an, as a thing. Now the argument that was, I was heard about panpsychism was mm-hmm. that like, I, they, a computer, for instance, when humans build a computer, it's a special configuration to achieve a certain type of like, like um, type of thing. I guess like it has a function. Like the computer has a function. For instance, I was kind of making the brain analogous to a computer. Like the hardware is the brain, the desktop is the brain. Sure. The operating system is like um, consciousness in some way. All right. Like oh, this is how you navigate. Um, well, this is how you interpret reality. Mm-hmm. But then you, oh no, not how interpret reality, but this is how you navigate reality. It's giving you a nice little interface. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And however, you yourself is your personality. Like you, whenever mm-hmm. you go act, interact with the computer, interface with the computer, you are, your ego or your personality 
your conscious self is acting through the operating system, which is your the part of your brain that interfaces with reality, yeah. that makes sense of your reality mm-hmm. with the hardware. So mm. there seems to be like a three there seems to be like three layers of information there that like the brain is such a yeah I I, I don't think you can extend consciousness um, to things that are material because I think our consciousness in some sense is a unique configuration. I, I agree with you. The ground state is probably not consciousness for everything. Yeah. Um, it seems to be like this, this, this feels special because it, it, it is special. Like, yeah, it's, I think it's special that it's emergent and it's a complex thing. Yeah. But I think if we started to reduce every element of the brain down further and further, I think it would be, you would be, you would slowly reveal how unspecial it is. It's like any emergent phenomenon. Yeah. When we see water as this liquid that's really dynamic and flowing, mm-hmm. and then you reduce it down to all the molecules, you see, oh, it's just, it's just certain combinations of the bonds between these molecules are just looser bonds. And then when you just tighten those bonds up, then you can form a solid. And it, and like the emergent thing is like, that's the cool thing because it arises in this, in this cool way that's unexpected if you just looked at it from a microscopic scale. Mm-hmm. But I think consciousness is literally the exact same thing. It'll be like once you, and let's see, we can reduce it down to all those basic elements and build up from there, yeah. then we'll see it's just an emergent phenomenon. Sure, but that doesn't remove... To me, I, I think people hear what we're saying and say, oh, we're removing the beauty from it. I don't think that robs no. any... That doesn't rob anything of I just want experience. a realistic picture of it. Same. I don't want you to... See, that's the thing with panpsychism. I think they're getting it wrong. They're trying to put consciousness on everything else. Like consciousness itself is the is the, is the the magical or beautiful thing or some kind of special... Mm-hmm ethereal type of thing which is like it's not i don't think Mm -hmm. i can't say that for sure right i don't know shit but i would assume not it doesn't seem like there needs to be consciousness in everything consciousness feels like it emerges yeah anytime i hear somebody talk about panpsychism i'm I'm just saying that i'm not entirely convinced yeah our arguments aren't good enough Um, yeah i'm not buying a good argument yet now but that's because of that It, it i can say like within my own experience what makes the most sense and, and, and applying physics as well. Like the brain is an information processing system that is preoccupied with, um, making sense of reality. I'm not saying that it's, it's special in the sense that it's a, it's a human consciousness. Mm. Now I think other living beings can have other types of consciousness, but like a, an ant is not going to have the same consciousness as me. A bird's not going to have the same consciousness as me. Hmm. It's not. It doesn't have the same sensory inputs. Right. Like, birds can sense magnetic fields. I don't know what that is like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't even contemplate what that means. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it means to have this instinct of like flying north. Right. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It does I, not compute. Yeah. I can. I. I know what it means to be to has exist. Been, has it been confirmed that they can actually sense magnetic fields? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, th- I believe Let's so. Let's hope that you're not. Well, no pigeons. Up. I know pigeons can because they find they find like mag- magnetites or mag. Mm. What is it called? Like ferromagnetic, like magnetite is magnet. Yeah, they yeah. they find like little bit bits of iron in their mm. in their. They apparently like eat it. So oh. they can. It's weird. Yeah, <laughs> pigeons are strange. <laughs> they can they also see UV. In their mouth like, they can also see UV. It's like they chew, can like tobacco chew. Yeah, just spitting it out. <laughs> Dude, it's actually strange now they think about it. Are are they pigeons? Man, might be the weirder animal that we've like, kind of like <laughs> cracked, that we've like Grocked. just kind of just ignore. Really? Oh yeah, 
Like, are just everywhere. You take them for granted, like just like they flying can, rats. They can see UV rays. They can <laughs> think about write that on paper. They can see UV rays mm-hmm. fly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they sense like the magnetic fields. Amazing animal ever. Sense magnetic fields. <laughs> <laughs> right. Can survive um, anywhere, pretty much on the street. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a machine. Yeah, yeah, that's not a, that's not a bird. That's a machine. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I forgot what I was saying. Oh yeah, so like, um, no, you, just the arguments that I've heard. Again, I'm not convinced. If you are a panpsychist, please point me to a good resource that's really convincing that you mm. think might convince me. I want to be convinced. I, I Did like Anna to, come make that up herself? No. Okay. No, this is like, uh, this is the, the, um, expounding upon, I would say this is the, the consciousness, uh, cohort. Gotcha. Or the consensus that the, the consciousness of people are coming to. Mm. Now, this is also why I think we need more physicists in this, in this sphere mm-hmm. because we're tying it into, the physical realm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We're not going to like philosophical musings. Exactly. <laughs> We're not going to, um, just built off of intuition and <laughs> I mean, yeah. Thoughts. Okay. Cause my friend tried to convince me that there was a primordial soup that was like, that we all, that consciousness is this essence that, um, that comes from, the beginnings of life, the big bang. Well, that's what I thought panpsychists were saying too, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he's saying. They're saying like, it could be like a particle for instance, or like a consciousness field or something that's undiscovered. Um, no, there's something simpler than that. I think, okay. I think it's just literally because we're already connected electromagnetically, like by to okay. everything else. Okay. I don't think we need to add any extra layer of anything. You know well, what I'm saying? What do you mean? Well, I'm, well, I'm saying this is what the panpsychists would think. Yeah, but I'm saying they they're complicating by add making. Their, yeah, they see it seems overcomplicating to me, but yeah. that's what they're saying, right? Yeah, they are. But okay. I'm but I I agree with you. They're yeah. they're adding a layer of complexity that I th- I think doesn't need to be there because I think it can all be answered with our current model of physics. Yeah, or a current understanding same. of physics. Well, not current um, understanding, but it can be along the same trajectory as what we already know. Okay, that's better said. Yeah. 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 Otherwise. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm 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 just saying I need to be convinced. Yeah. Like the, this is- to me it's like it's like um you're I don't really like this approach to physics or anything really. Like mm-hmm. I don't like creating models out of thin air. Some people like that kind of approach though. They like like thinking about a model and just making it happen. Like it's kind of like the Garrett Lisi approach with the E8. Like he looks at the E8 structure. Mhm sees a couple properties and then tries to fit that to the universe. Yeah. I'm more of the type where I like to uncover a lot of stuff first and then follow wherever the rabbit trail goes and then see, oh, this is taking me to this conclusion. Kind yeah, of. yeah, yeah. And then I like to just uncover it as I go. I don't like to think of the model first and then apply it onto real life. I like to uncover the model as I go on. Yeah. But that's what I mean. I think, I think we need more physicists in... Uh, this is why we need more physicists to be multidisciplinary in some ways because there's a lot of hoity-toity like culture like of just seeing other fields lesser than or, or or other things that might be too complicated lesser than physics like answering consciousness if you answer consciousness successfully you're you're in the history books forever you know yeah but i think it's we're not even in the realm of being able to do that really yet i think you that's going to so? be a, i think that's going to be a with the approach that that the philosophers take is not enough is not no, a that's scientific what I'm saying. approach that's what i'm that's saying a, like, just 
that's a mental masturbatory approach. It doesn't really help. Okay, but it's analogous to like the field of biology calling for they they were literally begging for physicists to come mm. to their side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think I think physicists saw themselves as like nah. <laughs> they they literally literally like it's beneath them. It was it's absurd. Like you I know some biological physicists though. Yeah, I know. Some good ones. Great physicists. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really. And and it's it's well deserved. Like they you need those kind of brilliant people in yeah. those in those fields solving complex problems of like, you know, molecules and stuff. Mm-hmm. Really, that's what they're doing. But um complex systems. But still very complex and, mm-hmm. and the thing is, this is you you need this kind of stuff so that you can so that you can then understand bigger and bigger systems like the brain. Bigger, yeah. bigger and better organizations like that that are the brain. Uh, I think eventually they will, though. I think there's a lot of people working on it because, like we said, I, I mentioned one point that um, maybe another podcast that uh, you know, consciousness is like this area of a that has so many areas of attack or mm-hmm. so many angles of attack because mm-hmm. it's literally you can do physics, math, neuroscience, which is part of biology, chemistry. Like all those are relevant for neuroscience, psychology, even. Like you can attack it yeah, from but, every but discipline. Attack, but much. you're attacking it with one paradigm at a time. Well, each one is doing it in their own paradigm. Though. Yeah, but I'm saying like I think you need a synthesis of. Sort yeah, of, like, we'll need some cross disciplinary. But, but there is cross disciplinary stuff. In my undergraduate institution, I saw a lot of cross disciplinary work mm-hmm. in neuroscience, like the physics guys, the math guys, mm-hmm. and the um, you know, and the biology people would always talk. So there was some there was cross talk for sure. Yeah, there's more of that. Yeah, I just see too many physicists kind of like poo-poo the idea of like, and I meant to say this like, and I just remembered, uh-huh. there was a team of physicists that tried to help with the COVID thing, like modeling COVID. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. It's and classic physics people blunder too. Can, <laughs> you, can, you, can you speak on this? <laughs> well, they tried to model the COVID situation of how it would spread. Yeah, and um, they said that it should like. You should be able to open campuses because, like, eventually you'll get this kind of curve and it will die out eventually or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like the physicists neglected that there was going to be super spreaders that spread the virus more than other people because they had the assumption that the people who were had a COVID will only stay within their certain friend groups of like four or five people. And I'm like, that's such a physicist mistake to do where they have no, they don't understand that there's people who are extremely social. <laughs> the hubris <laughs> you know, of these people. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, they're talking shit about how it's such an easy field and they don't want to deal with this. And it was like such a stereotypically a physicist I, I uh, approach yeah. <laughs> and to miss such an, such an easy variable for anybody who knows anything about people. Yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this I is a hundred percent. I was just thing. laughing when I saw it. <laughs> and they're like, we didn't, we didn't, we couldn't, we didn't yeah. account for the fact. And it's like, of course you didn't because yeah. yeah. Cause you literally live in your own bubble of what you believe. Uh, how people are yeah. basically and you're you think you're so much and they're literally like we i think and this is the quote directly from the mm-hmm. article they were just like i think th- we want to spend i wish the country would take this virus seriously because uh, i would i would just like to spend time doing more important things yeah. like actual physics yeah and i'm like <laughs> you, more <man>. challenging problems <laughs> you. And, I, and i say that with all of the all the weight that that carries the full f the, full the capital f, f. I'm not even gonna bleep it. I'm gonna li- no. Nah, I'll bleep oh. it. A little bit. I'll leave the F part on it. <laughs> but it's, it's I've cussed a lot this podcast, so your it's job's gonna be cut out. <laughs> it, it's just it's it that 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 hubris. You know what I'm saying? Like we yeah. need to 
there needs to be more. F- yeah, it's very annoying. It's annoying. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of why we get shit on too. It's just, it's funny to me though at some level because I'm like they're so naive and don't even realize it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, I guess we kind of circled back there, right? Why oh physics, damn! Sorry, fifty six. Why physics is important. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah. Anyway, panpsychism, please. If you're a panpsychist, mm-hmm. I, I'm not even sure. Did I pronounce that right? That yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and you also got to check out the Beyond the Physics podcast that yeah, we did please. with Joe and Irene and mm-hmm. you know Ricky Ed. So um, yeah, yeah. And um, oh, and we're not going to do a sign off, are we? Yeah. Are we going to do a, a recorded sign off? Another no, one? No. Okay, then let's just say, guys, of course, make sure you like, share, comment, subscribe. Mm-hmm. Check out the eigenbros.com website. Mm-hmm. Check us out on Twitter, eigenbros. Check us out on Instagram, eigenbros. Yes. And check us on TikTok, eigenbros too. And that's it. And we'll see you later. See you guys.